If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is episode 456, yes, 456, for August 11th, 2020. Joining me, as always, is Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. There it is. Miranda Sanchez. You always got to be ready for it. Ready for the bam. Hello. <laughs> and our special guest this week, very pleased to be joined at, at the community's recommendation. Happy to have him on here for his Unlock debut, hopefully the first of many appearances. Neo GameSpark, who goes by the same handle on both Twitter and YouTube if you want to look him up. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is um, uh, kind of surreal. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I didn't think that I'd be starting out the episode kind of fanboying or fangirling, but it's crazy because growing up, you know, I used to frequent like the IGN forums and reading stuff and articles and then to be here on the podcast. I might have to I might have to uh, exit the podcast early because I'm just freaking out right now, but I'm good. I'm good. Hang with us. No, you're in good company. We are thrilled to have you. And you actually you picked a heck of an episode to jump in with us because uh, as people are watching this, they probably already have an idea uh, of what we're going to be talking about. But um, we're recording. It is 11.53 a.m. We've kind of had a late start. We're supposed to start like 20 minutes ago, but we've just had a few things, a few little fires burning. So uh, as as we record, I'm going to get the the natural reactions to the three of you, from the three of you, about uh, the big Xbox news today, which I've I'd just been told what it was before this recording. So this is going to be like a sort of like a live show uh, in the sense that we'll get your, your actual in the moment reactions. But before we get to that real quick. So Neo, tell us kind of a little bit about yourself. Cause some people may go, if they look at your channel, they go, they, they might go, wait a second. Why are you having this guy on? He's a PlayStation gamer, but no, you, I think I feel like I, I think it's great to have you on because you, to me, represent a lot of the gaming community, a lot of s similar experience in that you were a 360 guy, you went to PS4, this generation, and you've recently come back with, a, with, a, with an Xbox One X. You did a 21-day a Xbox One challenge where you did nothing but play on your Xbox. 
and you made a really great video about it. So I kind of wanted to just give you the floor here for a minute to kind of tell everybody how, you know, sort of your Xbox backstory, as it were. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, growing up, um, I I played all consoles. Well, essentially all consoles I could get my hands on, basically what my parents would buy me. So it was, you know, a lot of PlayStation, a lot of Nintendo. Um, But last generation, I gravitated more towards the 360 because it was offering me something that to that point in my life I had never experienced proper online gaming, social connectivity, like being able to be with your friends at school and then later on saying, hey, you're going to be on World of War, Call of Duty Zombies. You know, just the Xbox Live was just such an integral part of my teenage years, early adulthood. And it was something that, you know, even though I gamed on PlayStation since inception, I wasn't getting. I mean, it it had its amazing exclusives. Everybody knows that. Um, The 360 just offered me that connectivity. Uh, And that's how it was for the majority of the generation Later on towards the tail end, I started to gravitate more back towards PlayStation. Um, And then this generation, I wasn't really digging what Microsoft was doing with the Xbox One. I think that's just a sentiment that everybody shared in in the first half of its life cycle. But I kept tabs on it because you know how like when you have a product and you see what the competition is put now, you know, you try to give credit where credit is due. And I liked a lot of the moves that Microsoft was making, you know, just from an ecosystem standpoint, putting their games on PC um, and just Game Pass being introduced. It it was something that I I liked, but I never thought that they would follow through with it because it sounded too good to be true. So, you know, during this quarantine, during this lockdown, I was playing games and I remember going on Twitter and I followed this uh, gaming uh, deal page and they were just like, oh, get the uh, Xbox One X for $2.99, but pay $0 down. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, totally. <laughs> and it was the Xbox All Access program. Yes. And I was like, wow, this is actually interesting. But I was looking for the catch. Like, where is the catch? You know, this is just too good to be true. Like, no interest, none of this stuff. But, you know, me being bored, I was like, I. Let's do it. Let's see what it's all about. And it was legit. I got the console. I started using it. And I was just really surprised at where Xbox had come from the beginning of the generation to now to the point where Xbox One X is my primary gaming platform when I'm playing on consoles. Like, of course, I, I'll play the PlayStation exclusives and Nintendo exclusives and PC. But I like gaming on Xbox more because it's just how quicker it gets me into the game and the experiences that come from it. It doesn't stop with just the console. So um, that's how it was. Uh, I put out that video giving my impressions because, you know, you don't really hear a lot of people talking about Xbox in the community as much as you do other platforms. So I was like, hey, guys, I I had an Xbox. I did this challenge. Here's what it was. And I thought nothing of it until like the next day. My brother actually texted me. and He's like, yo, that video you made, like one of my boys at college saw it he's like yo is this your brother and i was like uh wow that's crazy and then i looked at the views and it was already like at twenty thousand. i was like what is going on and it just kept growing and then i think where it really started to to um settle in was when um major nelson retweeted it and i was like okay what is going on here this is I, i don't know but a lot of people just appreciated the honesty and yeah um, viewing like these gaming consoles as just consoles, no type of fanboy flag agenda. You know, I've got this little sh- shrine to Persona, but you know, I've got Xbox controllers, Nintendo stuff. So, I guess what people really gravitated towards was just the the honesty in gaming. Like we all make fun memes and we have we have a laugh, but people just want that authenticity, knowing that hey, this is this guy's impressions. He's not just doing this to rile up a base. Um, he's just looking at this objectively and that's that's what i aim to bring into gaming you know because life is too short to be 
worrying about all this fanboy nonsense. If a good game is a good game, it doesn't matter what console it's on. And that's that's how it should be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all adults. Absolutely. We, we all, you know, we got our disposable income. So we shouldn't worry just because, like, we're playing on a platform that, you know, it's going to affect people's perception of me but that's that's basically my whole story as far as it pertains to xbox well good stuff we're happy to have you we can follow you on twitter at neo gamespark and youtube.com slash neo gamespark where people can watch that whole uh, that whole video that you're talking about that's uh, i watched it. it's about 20 minutes and yeah it's over you're being humble it's over six hundred thousand views now so yeah you really definitely struck a chord in, in a good way with people all right i've got i had a bunch of other programming housekeeping notes but the, the clock's about to strike 12 and before you guys accidentally see this in like the corner of your eye uh, when it when it goes up. So here we go. This is the big news for the week. Major Xbox news. Halo Infinite has been delayed into 2021. Uh, Microsoft good. and 343. Choosing That's to the make right the move. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, let's good. Let's talk about this. So. Uh, here's here's the update from 343. Uh, we have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to develop to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impact uh, affecting all of us, uh, affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. We know this will be disappointing to many of you, and we share in that sentiment the passion yep. and support the community has shown over the years has been incredible and, and, and inspiring. We wanted nothing more than to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will let us finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and understanding. Now there is yay, part- yay, 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 yay. I'm very happy they made that decision. There is a part two. Uh, this is a, a, not, not so much of a surprise. Uh, they did also confirm not a day, but uh, Xbox Series X launches this November with thousands okay. of games spanning multiple generations. So uh, we do have a window now. It is November, which I think we kind of all assumed anyway. But um, Destin, you you kind of reacted very quickly first there before we go to our guest, Neo. I, I will go to you first here, Destin. You are applauding this move by 343. Yep, it, it was absolutely the right move. That's what they needed to do. Uh, clearly, they're up against some tight deadlines and... Uh, you know, we all saw the reactions to the initial gameplay and delaying it, it means we're going to get a better Halo product. Look, I want to play Halo. I can't wait to play Halo Infinite, but I want the team to release their their product and their vision in the best possible light, setting the best foot forward for their new Halo game on a new console. And if that means delaying it a little bit, just thank you. Just stick to your vision make it the best quality game it possibly can be, and I'll be happy. <laughs> Mio, your thoughts here as a, as a you know, more newish Xbox gamer. I don't know kind of what your, I haven't had a chance to ask you what your plans are for next gen, but uh, what, how do you feel about this? And does this impact your, your decision for what you may or may not purchase this fall? 
Honestly, it does impact my decisions. Um, as far as next gen is concerned, um, realistically, I know I'm going to get both systems for obvious reasons because I go where the games are. Um, but I was kind of leaning off the Series X immediately a launch because, you know, I just bought the One X and Microsoft's plan, you know, for the first yeah. two years, you know, but eventually I will upgrade that in my entertainment setup. But this move right here, I think, is a sign of confidence because uh, I, I just remember my initial reactions to seeing Halo Infinite in the, in the showcase. At first, I was like, whoa and then it started to settle in like whoa it's this is not looking too good i mean you know like like everyone has been saying you know it, it has a couple more months of development they can definitely fine-tune some things as we've seen in the past people have shown like gears of war 3 how it looked in its um like alpha into its final release of course but i think the optics people weren't really reading the room at how this is not just any other game. This is Halo. This is the marquee franchise for Xbox, especially now where it's like Xbox, they've been firing on all cylinders in every category. Like they've been doing so many good things. Game-wise, it's kind of spooky. So Halo should just be like instilling that vote of confidence in people. And if it comes out like this, I don't think divisive isn't the word that you'd use, that you should use to talk about Halo Infinite's debut gameplay. So yeah. this right here, this move, I'm all for it. Um like just listening to the rumors and rumblings, you know, we don't want to give too much credit to that. It, it does seem like maybe there is something going on, but whatever it is, them delaying it, this is a bold move of confidence because any other studio, if it, if it was launching a new, a new platform with their marquee title, they just would have been like, yeah, we'll release it and then worry about it later. But for them to delay Halo, has, has a Halo game ever been delayed before in the past? Uh, yes, uh, it did happen. Halo 2 was originally, it hadn't been given a date, to be fair, although actually mm. to be fair, neither had Halo Infinite. But Halo 2 was supposed to come out in the spring of 2000, what was that, 2004, uh, and it ended up being in the fall. So it okay. has happened before. Okay, got you. So for them to do that, like they're they're committed to it, like, yeah, we're going to release it this fall. It's going to be a power showcase for the Series X. And then to them to get all that constructive feedback, that's what needs to happen. They need to take some extra time. And, you know, let, let's just be real about life for a second. Launching a game is hard. When you strip away all the stuff happening in the world right now with the pandemic, like give them the time. And, and that's what they're doing. So if this game ends up being better for the delay, then and then I'm all for it. Miranda, how about you? What are your thoughts here? So I want to preface this as saying it's really great that they want to take the time to give Master Chief the nice lighting he deserves. <laughs> give me some ray, <laughs> ray tracing. tracing. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that ray lot, tracing right? at launch now, yeah. Yeah, I, I figure like that kind of has to be included. Like if it weren't and they delayed it, it's like, what were you guys doing? Uh, I'm sure there's plenty, but obviously I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle that. But um, I'm really bummed. <laughs> I also feel like I lost a bet somewhere. I'm just kind of like, man. I really play with this with my siblings over Christmas. I'm just uh, like it's. Think about it this way: more cyberpunk time. Exactly, but like this was the shooter I really wanted for this fall. So, like, even though yes, I know it's a good thing. I acknowledge that. I appreciate that, especially that they mentioned crunch. That that was like a huge thing. It's like they didn't want to like push their team to work absurd hours to get this done by the deadline. Like that would just be out of out of the question and i'm really glad they acknowledge that but i'm i i am still choosing to be a little bummed just like oh man i wanted to see the new halo this year but yes more time for cyberpunk which also broke earlier this year but you know it, it is what it is and at the end of the day i am mostly just shocked like yeah. ryan was saying we were i was trying to get anything out of him i was like 
So it's just like, Oreos? Are we gonna, <laughs> exciting? And he was like, yeah, it's really exciting. Like, okay. It's exciting. It's bold. It's absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely bold. I didn't, I mean, I, I spoke about this before. I did not think there was any world where they did this. Um, I felt like this was so entwined with the Series X release. It's like, how do you launch this without this game that you've been championing alongside it? But at the same time, as we pointed out previously, there's that weird disconnect of like this not looking the best way it possibly could and acknowledging that it's not and saying it's like, oh, well, Ray Tracing support will come later. It's like, oh, but does that really make sense? Uh, and so I am, I am glad that they chose to do this. I think it's the smart move. It's surprising for sure. Uh, I'm kind of s- curious to see what they're going to lead with as far as like the Series X tie-in going forward, as far as like these are the big games we really want to champion, or if they're just going to lean more on games past, be like, look at all these games you can play, um, which I don't think is necessarily going to cut it. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just very curious to see what they're going to do going forward and a little sad. I think, Miranda, <laughs> it was either you and I or you and Brandon who couldn't make the show today. I think, weren't we just talking about would they have the, the, the for lack of a better term, the guts to, to delay it if it needed it? I feel like that was, that was a conversation you and I were having. We've, and, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah just, and, it's, it's just such a intense move <laughs> yeah i mean it's i i do applaud this i think they're gonna you know i think they're inevitably gonna take a lot of crap for this in the short term i mean and and again some of it's deserved to your point miranda that microsoft themselves has been trumpeting this as the flagship launch title for their powerful next generation console so for it not to make launch anymore okay yeah that's there's a there is a that they they look a little uh, a little bad there, but in the end, you know, you go back to the old Miyamoto quote, <laughs> the, the the famous adage, uh, "A bad game is bad forever; a delayed game is good eventually." Right? So, um, I think on some a- level, you kind of have to like pick and choose what you filter when it comes to those type of things, because there there was always like always going to be that group of people who, regardless of how good this game looked, they would find some way to like crap on it like that's just how it is for anything you know so it's literally a case of okay we can launch this game hope for the best if it's bad people will you know take us to task for it we can delay it people are going to take us to task for it but it's not going to be as much you're just going to get the people who aren't even gaming on xbox who are going to be complaining or it's like were you even going to buy the game in the first place you know it's like this is what you wanted you know and that's i want that's actually a perfect segue into what i want to talk about next which is Will I, and this is just an open discussion, there's no, we don't know the answer, but will this affect, materially affect uh, how strong of a of a launch the Series X itself as a console gets off to? Destin, what are your thoughts? No way, that? no, because the console is already probably going to be in limited supply just because of the nature of the world that we're living mm-hmm. in right now. I know they say that they're going to be just fine, I don't believe it for a second. I think that's going to be a coveted thing. I think it's going to sell out like that. Just like, you know, when the Xbox One X launched during Gamescom, the the Scorpio edition, those sold out almost immediately. They're going to be smart about how many are available. Uh, It's still going to be coveted. Uh, November, though, let me get that pre-order in. I am, yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, it's August. Uh, Can I, can I pre-order it just so I know that I have it? Yeah. Yeah, Neo, uh, what do you think? Is this, you know, as, as somebody who's, you know, you're a PlayStation guy, you're playing both, but now you, you're, we're heading into this new generation. I mean, do you think this, uh, 
will materially affect the strength of the Series X console's launch? I mean, well, realistically, when you look at the past, uh, most video game consoles haven't had the, the most stellar launch out there. I mean, you can cherry pick some that have had better games than others, but as a whole... When people buy consoles at launch, it's usually just the case of, oh, I want to get in because I want the new shiny piece of technology. A lot of people do realize that on some level, they are going to be waiting upwards of like six months, eight months, sometimes a year in order to get like those really quality games. So again, I think it comes down to the people who are already invested enough in the ecosystem to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation, $500 systems at launch. I don't think they're really going to be deterred because essentially like if you are an Xbox gamer, you know, and if you have the Xbox One already, you know, you could still play Halo Infinite on your Xbox One. So why is Halo Infinite being delayed going to stop you from buying the Series X at launch? You get what I'm saying? Like the Xbox yeah. Series X will better I mean, your experience. I guess I would. What maybe a better way to phrase it would be for the fence sitters. I mean, I, realistically, I don't know how many fence sitters there are out there, given the online digital ecosystems of both platforms. You know, I don't. I I wonder how many people out there. I mean, I'm sure they're out there who really were kind of waiting to, who hadn't made a decision of which next gen console they wanted to get, but they did want to get one of them this fall. And I do wonder if Halo uh, being delayed now, uh, leaving, to the best of our knowledge, there there we don't know of any other first party launch titles. There's some stuff like the Medium and um, uh, you know a few other the, the smaller scale titles, but. Uh, whereas on the PlayStation side, the big first party first party title we know about for launch is I mean, they didn't literally say launch, but they said holiday, which is code for launch is Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, with, you know, I, I wonder now what if anything else kind of fills in that Xbox uh, well, launch lineup or if or if they're just counting on that marketing alignment with uh, with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk to really carry the way. Yeah, think about those third parties. Are you going to want to play Cyberpunk on your Xbox One X or on your Xbox Series X, right? So they still have that Cyberpunk oomph. Uh, There's other games out there like Destiny uh, 2 Beyond Light is launching within that window. It was delayed until November 10th. Yeah, and it's in Game Pass. So you can, do you want your games to look the best? Are you one of those early adopters? This is definitely still going to drive sales because gamers who are into that whole world of their games looking the best they possibly can be, and there's a lot of them, they're going to buy that console, regardless of uh, whether or not Halo is available day one or not. Right. So, yeah, just to um, finish up my point on, because you brought up the whole fence-sitters argument. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like Dustin was saying, the, the type of people who like to do those sort of things, who want the latest and greatest, they're going to be there regardless of whether or not Halo's there or three months later. For the fence sitters, I can see if you were someone who was on PlayStation and you were just hearing about what Xbox has been doing, maybe they might have a cheaper console, Game Pass, things like that. Maybe that might deter you a little bit. But again, people, you know, they say something right now, but then come launch, you know, it's a different thing entirely. They're in the grocery store and they're just like, Damn, that does look kind of nice, <laughs> you know, so I, I guess we'll have to see. So personally, me, myself and I, it's not that big of a deal. But for anyone out there who was banking on Halo to be the game to make a buy an Xbox, I, I guess they could find an issue with this. So the the kind of the, the handful of points I wanted to make as you guys are talking here. Number one, um, if you go back to 2013 and. NGS, you were just kind of bringing this up, and when you're kind of giving your intro uh, there at the top of the show, like 2013 
I would argue, not to disrespect Sony Worldwide Studios, but I think it's fair to say that that PlayStation First Party hadn't cultivated quite the god-tier reputation that it has deservedly earned in this generation. You know, you had you had good stuff like Ratchet was always good, Killzone was good, like Quantic Dream stuff like Heavy Rain was was a, a personal kind of favorite of mine. Um, you know, and then and then you did have Naughty Dog as sort of the the top of the pile. And and in this generation, you've had you've had God of War, you've had Naughty Dog's a uh, couple of games, Uncharted and and Last of Us Two. You've had uh, S- Spider Man. You've had you know th- there's uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So they've really stepped it up this gen. But I would argue that 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 first party lineup wasn't the the big big deciding factor in 2013 that it that it is now. It was really the price was su- and the the policy stuff too, which of course Microsoft had to walk back later. But price was such a big factor. I think for the three for the Xbox One and PS4 launches of you know Microsoft being slightly less powerful of a machine for a hundred dollars more, so we still have the prices yet to be revealed for these consoles, and if Microsoft ends up pricing the Series X lower, we've talked about it over and over again when Phil Spencer was on here back in late March, I think it was, and he said they're going to remain agile on price and he had the backing of Microsoft CFO and CEO that said to me I think they are ready and willing to to take a take a hit on the hardware in order to undercut Sony on price so that they at least can have a more powerful console for less money and that will help them a lot but uh yeah it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see I guess we'll never quite know we uh, if <laughs> whether or not Halo really will affect uh, the delay here will affect uh, the launch of the console itself. But a few quick points. Halo 1 now remains, still will remain to this day uh, and the foreseeable future, the only Halo game to launch with an Xbox console. Infinite was going to be the, the the second one. That will no longer be the case. But when you look at this fall, Halo Infinite no longer as a competitive first-person shooter no longer will be going head-to-head with Call of Duty. So that's, I mean, just when you look at the competitive shooter marketplace, that's a factor. Um, They also, I mean, they just, they can't have another Halo 5, right? As far as, you know, we know the multiplayer on 5 is great, but the campaign regarded very poorly, very much. I'm one of those people that regards the campaign uh, in in a not good way for Halo 5. They've they've got to take steps, any steps necessary to avoid that. They can't have consecutive disasters with Halo. And I'm not saying Infinite would have been a disaster, but you know, clearly the game needs work, otherwise they wouldn't have delayed it. And uh with the fact now kind of piggybacking on that, there's there really is there is no more deadline pressure now. I mean, there there will be a new deadline. We don't know what it is, but they've I'm sure put some new deadline on everything. But it's there's no longer that pressure of launching this holiday, day one with the console, working from home because of COVID-19. I mean, I would argue at this point that now what's the difference between March 2021 and May 2021, even August or September of 2021? So I don't know how you guys feel about any of that. I'm gonna, I've, I've uh, not called on Miranda in a bit. 
but if you want to react to any of those thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say time is an illusion at this point. <laughs> Somehow we're already in August. August 11th. I was like, excuse me? You mean March You mean March 144th? That's what yeah. it is today. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I was going to make a joke about, I guess I'll just buy my Xbox Series X for scorn. Excited for those spookies. <laughs> the creepy yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but also, I did want to make a quick note, too, that if you guys want to look at all the games that are so far confirmed for Xbox Series X, which there are now over 100, um, you can check out our guide for that. We have Xbox Series X wiki guide. You can just search that real quick. Um, that's kind of what I'm referencing here. I guess, like, the other big titles that, like, aside from Halo that will be on Series X at launch, I mean, Cyberpunk's a huge one for me, even though it won't have, like, its next-gen upgrade. Hopefully, it still just handles a lot better. Like, we don't really know what that's going to be like yet. They haven't really gone into detail of, like, what actual improvements there will be. I would just assume that there are. Um, the only other one that I'm actually, like, I guess, at this point, excited to play... Definitely not Scorn. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> uh, probably Yakuza Like a Dragon is, like, another one of them, which will be on the current-gen systems as well and on PC. Right. But I feel like that would be, like, a really cool, flashy one that will be nice with smart delivery. So... I think it'll be very interesting to see how this all flushes out. And I'm actually really curious to see what everyone is most excited for next. Like what was after Halo on your list for like launch titles? Like what was the one thing that you really wanted to play or the other thing that you would really want to play? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's uh there's, there's no other major first party game that we know of. That's mm-hmm. that was that was supposed to hit at launch. Um, I mean, it, I'll tell you the the launch title now. It, it this was true before, but now I feel like without Halo, it's especially true. Your launch title is Game Pass and Cyberpunk. That's yeah. that's your launch. Like it's you know you've got it's it's a lot of third party stuff, but a lot of it's in Game Pass. Whether it's again Scorn or the Medium or uh, some of these other things we saw in May. Um, and then Assassin's Creed. Oh, Assassin's Creed's not Game Pass, I guess, but uh, smart delivery if you end up purchasing it, depending on the exact day. Because we know that's that's what that's November seventeenth, I think. So it's just a matter. Uh, of, yes, it'll be the the Series there, X will be within days of it, one way or the other. There are so many Ubisoft games this fall, guys. <laughs> like if you like Ubisoft games, you're in for a treat. You're just push set. Halo for later, then you can focus on all those. Very large open world games. Also, uh, one thing I guess I am also excited for, which is not in the same, I think, vein of Halo, of course, but in that multiplayer vein, is Te- Tetris Effect Connected. Uh, so that will yeah. be nice to have. At yeah, least. that's Game that's Pass as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was because everything in the showcase was uh, is Game Pass. So yeah, yeah. So this definitely changes the landscape. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but again, I think we're all in pretty much pretty well agreement that. This is it is the, the right move. No, none of us are sitting here fuming, angry, like how dare they do this? They promised this for two years. Like you got it. You, we want Halo to be awesome. That's the end. That's it. At the end of the day, so good on them for for taking the steps they need to to uh, to make sure that happens. Now we'll just kind of hang back and see when <laughs> when it's going to be. You know, like I said, it could. Is it going to be spring? Is it going to? Will they push to next fall? I mean, it's. Anything's on the table at this point. All right. So the what I had in here for the top story before all this broke this morning was uh, a major follow up to what we talked about last week. With we had this we had this good news story we were talking up last week about about XCloud, uh, you know, streaming stuff launching 
into with Game Pass in September on Android devices. Well, that story got a lot more complicated in, in the time that's followed. And um, I will just give you the details and then turn it over to you guys here. So uh, if you're an Apple user, as as I have been for a long time, you will not be able to use xCloud uh, with Apple devices. Apple giving a statement saying, quote, the App Store was created to be a safe and trusted place for customers to discover and download apps and a great business opportunity for all developers. This quote was given to Business Insider, so a tip of the cap to them. And the quote continues, before they go on to our store, uh, before, they, before they go on our store, all apps are reviewed against the same set of guidelines that are intended to protect customers and provide a fair and level playing field to developers. Our customers enjoy great apps and games from millions of developers and gaming services can absolutely launch on the App Store as long as they follow the same set of guidelines applicable to all developers, including submitting games individually for review, individually, to every game in Game Pass, and appearing in charts and search. In addition to the App Store, developers can choose to reach all iPhone and iPad users over the web through Safari and other browsers in the App Store. Microsoft gave a, gave a uh, response statement saying... Quote, our testing period for the Project xCloud preview app for iOS has expired. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring our vision of cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the Apple App Store. Apple stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and cloud subscription services like Xbox Game Pass. And it consistently treats gaming apps differently applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps even when they include interactive content. All games available in the Xbox Game Pass catalog are rated for content by independent industry ratings bodies, such as the ESRB and regional equivalents. We are committed to finding a path to bring cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to the iOS platform. We believe that the customer should be at the heart of the gaming experience, and gamers tell us they want to play, connect, and share anywhere, no matter where they are, and we agree. So, um, Destin, I, I think you've been pretty vocal about this. You're a fellow Apple user, I know. Uh, yeah. This is not great. It's not new. This has been going on for a decade. Apple has... Um you know, kind of had a stranglehold on the market for so long that they can kind of do whatever they want. And I think they need to look at their policies and sort of reevaluate their stances on a lot of things. And I do think this is a little bit of Microsoft letting us wage the war because at the end of the day, this is a, a battle that Microsoft and Apple are going to have to uh, have head-to-head and Maybe our opinion will help sway Apple a little bit, and we're kind of caught up in the middle of it. But uh, this isn't new. This has been going on for years, and I hope Apple changes their tune. Well, it's coming to a head on this for sure. NGS, are you uh, an Apple or Android user? Uh, I am primarily an Android user. Uh, that's where I've been gravitating, but I've used both. I've, I've had an, yeah. uh, an iPhone for a few years. Switch back to Android because I, I like the features of Android more. Um, this like Dustin said, it's literally it's Apple being Apple. And I, I think what was really evident uh, was uh, yesterday, I was actually out with my family. We were just um, going around the mall, being socially distant. And you know how there's the contingency of people who just, they don't like wearing masks when they go into places and things like that. Apple, the Apple store, like they enforce masks and they also have the temperature checks just to get in there. You know, whereas if anybody else did that, it'd be like, oh my God, but it's because it's Apple. 
people let it slide. And I've noticed that a lot um, when I was an iPhone user. I've noticed there would be certain apps that they weren't as feature equipped by comparison to their Android counterparts. And that's part of the reason why I swayed back over to Android. But I mean, I mean, what, what did, um, what, what did they say exactly was, I know they're not going to give the exact reason, but I assume it has to do with um, a, a revenue cut is, I assume well, that's sure. why Apple. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, 10 years like, ago, it was 60, yeah. 40. It's bad. It's, oh, all it's, a, it's 70, 40, I believe on, on, uh, I, on, on Apple, Apple on App Store, I think so. That's that has improved then in the last decade. So see, they can change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm just reminded of that one um, that one image of where it was just like you do anything, and it's in the government putting its hand out there saying, "I need my cut." So for <laughs> Apple to go in and act like this, I mean, it's their ecosystem; they can do what they want. I just don't see it as like that big of a deal you know what i'm saying but again money to these companies they're what like apple google because there were a couple companies who also reported issues i think stadia their app isn't going to be on um ios correct me if i'm wrong in addition to i know valve was talking about they had some like bad dealings with apple when it comes to their uh, steam link app so it just seems to be like this is just um the status quo with apple as far as it's concerning now um but again these are all trillion dollar companies they make deals all the time nothing is ever set in stone it's like like last generation um gabe newell was like we'll never release a game on the ps3 and then a few years later he's on the e3 stage right. saying we love playstation so these <laughs> these companies they, they're just going to do what they do um it's interesting you mentioned you want um like they're going to do their dealings and they want the consumers to fight the war. I'm I'm going to be interested to see if there is actually an impact of people who switch over from Apple to do game streaming. Uh, I don't know necessarily if that's going to be a big deal breaker, but you never know. That's not quite what I said. I definitely think that what we will say will influence their decision making, but they're definitely having conversations behind the scenes. This just helps give them leverage. You I know? hope so. And I, hope I mean, look, happening. look what happened with Halo Infinite. Clearly, companies do listen. At least Microsoft listens when people say, "Hey, you should probably delay this," and you know they take that into consideration as part of a larger conversation. So, did we make that happen? No, but we definitely influenced the internal conversations that were already happening, and uh, allowed them to make this decision for their employees and for the best thing for the game. So we've got a split panel here. Miranda, you are the other Android user on the panel. Are you, and you're obviously, you're on the, you're not on the wrong side of this one. What are your thoughts on this? So I'm one of those people who was with Apple for a very long time. Um, and then it just worked out that Android just worked better for me uh, financially and just for some other reasons. So I was like, I'll just switch over. Like I'm not super ingrained in the ecosystem, but I do also have an iPad. This is my iPad. I love it. Um, but I, I try to, that's kind of like my stance with gaming too. It's like, I try to have a little bit of everything. So I, I don't get, um, I guess, screwed over by these sorts of situations. Like I don't fall out because I, I kind of futurize myself, which is also a very expensive thing to do, but is a thing I chose to do um, in light of seeing some differences between iOS and Apple. Um, but for instance, like I have my iPad because like, oh, I want to play Apple Arcade stuff. So I think it's interesting to be able to have both. But I think it's also very interesting that Apple is just choosing to kind of stronghold this so hard. Um, I think all of you have given really great points on how the digital distribution landscape has changed so much over the years, and especially with what kind of content is put on that. Um, and I think Microsoft also made a really great point about like how games are treated differently. It's like, what's the difference between like why are games versus 
movie streaming apps. Like there's a bunch sure. on there that may not necessarily be up to code that still somehow make it through. Those aren't all individually checked. Like, what are you guys doing? So I, I think there's a lot of stuff that gets a pass somehow, but games are put under larger scrutiny. And I think your guys' point definitely about the money aspect is probably a big part of it. Um, Destin, I don't know how many instances where people's voices about like airing grievances for Apple products really changed much. Uh, I feel like I we, we obviously have direct examples for things like Microsoft, like today's main topic being the big case in point. But um, I don't really know how much Apple chooses to listen versus because they are Apple, just do their own thing because they know they're going to sell anyway. I, I could think of a couple instances as a longtime oh, please, iPhone user yeah. myself. In the very beginning, uh, the, the iPhone 1, uh, it was... It, they cut the price by t- like 200 bucks after three or four months. Like it was a very quick, drastic price reduction. And they ended up having to, as I remember it, I hope I'm not wrong on this, but as I remember it, they did end up having to credit back all of the early adopters who paid the higher price. Oh, wow. And then later on, there was, I believe it was the iPhone 4 was the one with the antenna gate thing where if you like held your finger over the certain part of the, outer edge of the case it would you you it would drop the antenna signal down and could drop calls and they ended up having to like send out free bumper cases to everybody so it's like they they have been pressured before it's not out of the realm of possibility at the very least okay. yeah i would say i would like to like see what sort of changes they have made based on feedback from their consumers just because i think that's always an interesting point to look at as far as the history of like how do they listen? What kind of things do they listen to? So like the antenna thing, that's like a flaw with your product. So that's really good that they addressed it. Yeah. The price thing I'm surprised by, but that was also like their first iPhone. So right. it's like curious to see like how much they've done listening for other products over time. Um, but those are great examples. So thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately you guys kind of said it, but that my thing on this is, yeah, these are, I think it was NGS was saying these are, these are $2 trillion companies I don't, think about. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen two heavyweights like this have a, a policy battle over something that affects so many consumers. So, yeah, I, I am very eager to see how this plays out, obviously. I mean, like for me, I do, you know, hey, I don't I don't want to get into the whole like what I call phone boy wars. Like you got fanboys and phone boys, which, phone are, boys. which are just as bad. I think that are, uh, I don't, I don't get it. Anytime I make a post about like the most innocent tweet or something about something about Apple or iPhone, you get a, you inevitably get people who are like iPhone sucks. You should get this one or that one. It's like, okay, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not talking. I'm not disparaging your thing. I'm just, <laughs> but um, I, my, what I was going to say was, I do enjoy Apple's ecosystem. I like the devices. Uh, I've had this one almost, this is a 10. I've had it almost three years and it's been awesome. Still works great. Battery life's still good. Um, I This is not, if if Apple doesn't budge here, it's not enough. I, I don't care enough to completely change my phone ecosystem for xCloud. Now, maybe I'll feel differently about that after xCloud launches and and it's like this normal ubiquitous thing that's part of the the xbox ecosystem but yeah it's uh this will be an interesting one to track uh these now it's so busy this week this this would have normally been the number one story in any week instead it's like the number three story this week (laughs) project lockhart we are now i mean 
I guess I technically have to call it 99.9%, but it's with a lot of nines. Like the nines yeah. go all the way out. <laughs> Infinite um, nines. Yeah, Will. Project Lockhart will 99.9 infinity percent be the Xbox Series S, as we have been calling it and we have assumed for many, many months. Uh, Tom Warren from The Verge, his tweet really got the word out on this. But get this, uh, many... This isn't just one person that found this. It's the Xbox Series S controller. Oh, the a white controller is just it's just available at a ton of retailers, <laughs> and people have been buying them. Somehow they've gone on sale, <laughs> uh, where it's just and it, it's just out there and on the side of the package. I mean, it says you know it's controller, but then on the package, the side of it, it says compatible with Xbox Series X and S, and then Xbox One, Windows 10 PC. So there you have it. As as we figured, uh, it is the Series S, which is... But I I just can't help but laugh at this because how do you accidentally announce an entire console via a leaked controller and on such a widespread basis? It's It's not just one where we all question... Well, did the guy just Photoshop it? Is it fake? Like, no, this the controller's everywhere. Neo GameSpark, please, please chime in on this. What do you, what did you make of this when you saw this earlier this week? Okay, so I I used to think that the um the PSP Go, since you know Sony guy, I'll bring it back to that. That used to be one of the worst kept secrets in gaming, where we we knew almost everything about the PSP Go, sometimes months before they would even make an official announcement. Even Sony, they came on stage and like, hey, yeah, worst kept secret, here it is, PSP Go. Uh, it's funny, we spent more time talking about what the PSP Go would be than it actually stayed on the store shelves, but regardless <laughs> of that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, I'm just, I'm so surprised. The, the fact that it's actually called the Xbox Series S, like that was just something that fans just drum up. Yeah, we'll call it the Series S because X and why not? Yeah, then it's actually that. Um, I think this is part of the reason why I, I think both of these companies trying to play chicken on a lot of things and waiting might come back to bite them in the rear end. Maybe not a lot because we just say this because we like to, you know, everyone likes to get sensationalist at some point. But um, I think this is part of the reason why PlayStation, when they randomly came out on that Tuesday afternoon and showed off the dual sense, it's everyone's like, what? Like, <laughs> you haven't shown the console, but here's the random controller. And people came out saying that, yeah, the reason why is because when you get further along in the production line, these things tend to leak. So they'd rather g- b- forget, like, getting ahead of the conversation. They just want to be the story. So, I mean, there were people talking about maybe in August we might be seeing, like, an official announcement of it. But I, I don't know how long Microsoft wants to let this float. Because already in the past day or so, it's been blowing up. Miranda? Well, it is August, so hopefully they <laughs> yeah. choose to make that announcement sooner rather than later. I mean, this is, again, like, also one of those worst-kept secrets. Like, we've known about Lockhart rumors for so long. I think I was like, wow, we were back in the studio when we talked about that. <laughs> So it's been a long time since we've known about this. It is definitely a little silly to see it coming up because of uh, some boxes, but it looks like a nice controller. I do like how how it looks, seeing it with a nicer photo. So that's that's good. <laughs> um, I think if anything, now we're just like kind of waiting for the Series S actual information. It's like what what differences does it go for beyond just being a potentially just digital only system? 
like how much cheaper is it going to be? Like what are the specs actually different? That was a lot of rumors that we've heard as well. Uh, so, and th- there's also a good point too, that just because this is a white controller doesn't necessarily mean that the series S will be a white system, but there's a good chance. That'd be cool. Pro- I mean, I don't know. I, maybe you guys disagree. I think it probably will be a different color than the series X. I think it'd be cool. Just as a, as a, you know, easy visual differentiator and we don't know if it'll be the same form factor like the same tower of power um right. except without a, a disk drive i mean that's what sony is doing although sony it's the same console it's not a lower powered console for less money for significantly less money the way that the series s is going to be i did yeah. like that gamecube mock-up i'm not gonna lie me too yeah me I think too. Really like <laughs> yeah a little yeah that's just look cool <laughs> Um, but yeah, Destin, I, I, do you do you kind of feel like Microsoft uh, almost, in a sense, had this coming because, to, to to Neo's point, they've just waited so long. Yeah, everybody's cutting it so close. So you got stuff like the little pieces of paper that come with your controllers. All those need to be updated for compatibility reasons for the whole Xbox line of controllers, uh, the packaging on the box, all that needs to be updated. And it just got out a little sooner than they probably anticipated. So we know the name, but to Miranda's point, we still don't know anything about it. We don't know how powerful it's going to be, what size it's going to be. I, I also like the GameCube mock-up that we've seen a lot of people Photoshopping sort of together where it's smaller. Um, I want to know what it's going to look like because it could just look like the Xbox One X and they could go for like the flatter, you know, more compact version. The way that the Xbox Series X is constructed, I don't know how they could, like they could make it less square because Mm. they cram the components in there sideways in a cube and then the fans live on top. If you watch the actual uh, breakdown B-roll that we've probably seen a billion times at this point. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they actually allowed, uh, I can't remember his name, one of the YouTuber guys to go Austin? in. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, his well, last name. he went in there and they actually let him put it together and put it all in there. So uh, I, I think it's, I don't know that they can make it smaller. That's something their, uh, their engineers would have to figure out. We'll see. Well, I mean, eliminating the optical drive for sure saves a ton of space. Yeah, but the optical drive is placed on the side, remember? So they would only be able to make it more rectangular as opposed to less, because they still have all the other components in there unless they're doing a a much less powerful console and they're able to reduce the size of the components. Yeah, I mean, I think you raised a really good point, Destin, about, uh, about them possibly, you know, maybe not exactly, but more or less reusing the X form factor, because the, I mean, we know the X is discontinued. The one X is discontinued. Um, and that's a, that's a, you know, they, they could save because the whole point, the Lockhart's the series S I'll just start calling it. We can, we can retire Lockhart now, I guess. Um, series S is supposed to be significantly cheaper. And yeah. one way you could save a ton of money to help get the price way down is to reuse, reuse the one X form factor uh, now the 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 hard drive. So I mean that's got or or the the Xbox One S uh, all digital edition form factor that already has the the uh, optical drive omitted. I mean the the hard drive, the NVMe hard drive is smaller. I just uh, on my new piece, I'm I'm gaming on my brand brand new PC. This is my first show on the new computer, and uh, and yeah the 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 NVMe drive it's tiny. It's like that, and the, uh, which we saw in the in the 
Series X breakdown too. So this, the drive is smaller, uh, and then it's just a matter of yeah, if they just lay out the way they lay it out internally. So yeah, it's going to be. Hopefully, all these answers are finally going to come to us sometime this month. I mean, we, <laughs> if, Games, uh, it's Gamescom, right? I think they're going to put it all on the table at Gamescom. It's that would seem like it would make a ton of sense based on everything that still needs to happen and how much time is left on the clock, which which isn't much. All right. So we've got 20 minutes left in the show here. Uh, there's still a lot to cover. I want to go uh, actually back to Destin here because I know you're a big fan of of uh, this studio and what they're up to. So, Destin, Rocksteady finally Finally confirming their new game after five years of silence since uh, Arkham Knight shipped. Okay, they did Arkham VR for for PSVR, uh, but that was clearly like a little side project, although I really liked it. Uh, And anyway, the game is Suicide Squad. As rumored, they will be revealing more at the DC Fandom event on August 22nd. And get this. If you haven't seen the teaser image on the Rocksteady Studios Twitter account, the teaser image for Suicide Squad is a Suicide Squad crosshair logo with the crosshair aimed at the back of Superman's head. So that gives you some sort of idea of what might be going on in this game. Destin, how do you mm-hmm. feel about uh, this, the cat finally being out of the bag here? You know, I saw, I saw, I can't take credit for this, but I saw somebody on Twitter say, how do you make a great Superman game? Kill Superman. Because he's all power, this all-powerful being and everything, right? Um, I, I love this idea that you're going to be going after Superman, trying to kill him, and you're probably going to have to, like, build up powers or build up a, a team and then take him out. I, there's just so many possibilities about the different directions that they could go with this that it has me more invested into what they're going to be doing with Suicide Squad. And, you know, the studio is absolutely fantastic, so I trust that they have some cool stuff in store for us. NGS, what do you make of it? Are you a, are you an Arkham fan? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Arkham games. Love them. I remember picking up the first Arkham Asylum on a whim. I I played the demo and I was like, yeah, I'm going to drive to Target, pick this game up. It seems fun. And I loved it. Loved Arkham City. Um, But I would be lying if by the time I got to Arkham Knight, I felt burnout because it, 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 even though like the, the visual spectacle of Arkham Knight was amazing. I just felt like, you know, been here, done that. So the fact yeah. that they kind of put the series on ice for a while, I was personally glad. And if this game, like, obviously it's not going to be in the same style as Arkham because it's going to be Suicide Squad. Um, if it is something different and unique, I'm all for it. I, I really am. Um, I'm just kind of skeptical on, since it's been a long time since we've had um, Rock City work on a game and just thinking about the time in between then five years, if this game comes out this year, maybe was there other stuff in the pipeline they were working on that might've been shelved to explain it. And then just the whole idea of a suicide squad game, multiple characters. Is that leaning more towards a different style of play online, things like that? Yeah, I'm uh, my fear. Although my fear is other people's excitement. (laughs) My fear is that this will be, a Destiny or Avengers-like game-as-a-service game. I don't want that, but I know a lot of people super would. Uh, Miranda, how about you? Uh, I share that sentiment. I don't think that's really <laughs> what I would want to see from that, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think you could probably do that game-as-a-service ideal well with this. 
that it's, I think, hard to execute on. Uh, so what we're saying with the Avengers, I just think it's weird that you can play any of the Avengers and it's like, oh, but you're the same as me. That's weird. Where at least with Destiny, you have your own identity through your customization between the right. three character classes. Anyway, that's its own deep dive. Uh, but as far as this goes, I think it's nice that we'll probably have like some dark comedy aspect to this. And I think that's a really fun sort of approach for video games. I think doing comedy in games is really tough, and I would really like to see them execute on that well. I am curious what happened to Superman, because, you know, Superman, a lot happens with that poor guy. Like, he's just trying to do his best, and then there's, like, an alien starfish that, like, sucks to his head, and he's bad. I forget exactly what it was, but wasn't that, like justice league or something i forget he always gets just mind controlled and then it's like well guess we gotta stop <laughs> superman again it's like God, can you just protect your brain a little bit better uh, so, yeah so i wonder if it's going to go for like more of that um sort of angle as like oh superman did something wrong or there's something that we need to stop him and we can only get these these villains to go forth um i will say also i don't really know as much about suicide squad as i do other dc properties i, I did not watch the movie just because i was like you know Maybe this one's not for me. So um, I hope that this one is more for me because I really do love the DC universe. And I think it would be pretty cool to see what they have to do with this. And GS, you think there's any chance you also get to play at some parts of the game as the Justice League and maybe the tables flip? If that is possible, I think that'd be like the, the, the biggest surprise. Because I remember when the first Arkham game came out, they didn't tell anybody that there were segments where you could play as the Joker. So when people were doing that, it's like, what? And then, of course, uh, the PS3, you had him as, as one of the uh, challenge characters. But I'm, I'm curious, though, because since we're, we're on the topic of games as a service and talking about an Avengers thing, realistically, you got to factor if they are working on this game to bring it to a certain level of quality where each of the characters plays unique, they have their own identity and play styles. The roster of this game can't be that great. It's because it's either one thing I've noticed, depending on how well this Avengers game turns out, you can either have like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance approach where you have multiple characters. They have their unique play styles, um, but there's not much depth to the combat system, which is fine because those type of games, it is what it is. Or you can have it where each of the characters is just insanely unique and they have their own combo systems and things like that. And it actually feels like there's weight to them. It's, it's going to be one or the other. You know, we're either going to have like five or six characters in the Suicide Squad that are good and you can play as those, or it's going to have like 15 characters, five Suicide Squad, five Justice League, and whatever else in between. And it'll just be kind of shallow. So I don't know. But, but talking about games as a service, I go back and forth with this. Like, I, I, I like the idea of it because it appeals to the 10-year-old in me who always <laughs> wanted to play all of these games with their friends online, like just the, the dream. Um, just seeing that in execution, like I, I, I downloaded the um, Avengers beta and I'm going to be playing that later. So hopefully it changes my mind. But every single thing I look at, I'm just like, this is just Marvel Ultimate Alliance with a budget. So kind of worries me. Well, if... Well, one, one thing I do want to comment on about the multiple playable characters, uh, I, I did the guide guide videos for a lot of the Batman games, and Arkham Knight, well, actually, I can't take credit for that one, but Arkham Knight had Red Hood, Harley Quinn, Nightwing, Robin, Azrael, Bruce Wayne, Catwoman. I guess you could play as Commissioner Gordon, uh, the Joker. Uh, they were all available to play as, and each actually had a, a combat system 
that was semi-unique to them. They did a really good job of making each character sort of have their own feel. So if one company can do that and do that in like a, a the Batman-style games, I, I definitely trust this one to do it. Right, yeah, with Rocksteady, yeah, they've done good things on that. I just, just the scope of like having the Suicide Squad and then the Justice League and then the different powers of the Justice League with... Like if you do end up playing as Superman and then maybe Martian Manhunter and how different and unique it is. I'm not saying it's not possible, but just based off what history has shown in other games, it's kind of it just leaves me skeptical. That's all I can say. I would also say that there's a kind of a campaign problem with games as a service. I think Destiny does kind of a good job of like, all right, just go play the campaign by yourself. Maybe have some co-op in there and then we'll let you get the rest of the game, which is just kind of grinding for those dailies and then doing certain like raids or like just different events. And I think that works really well. But then you look at a game like, uh, oh my God, how did I just forget its name? Anthem. So then you look at a game like Anthem that wanted to have a really impactful story, but also wanted you to play with your friends and could not find a way to mesh the two. Like it just did not go together well. Um, And that left the world kind of feeling a little empty. And now we know what that is. It's on a big hiatus. And so I think finding that balance is going to be really tough. And I think if you're taking on a story, it's like, okay, go kill Superman. Like, if that's a story I want to explore and, like, really experience and not have to be torn between, all right, well, I got to go do these fetch quests with right. all my friends mm. for 20 hours. And then I guess we'll see what happens to Superman later. I don't know. Um, like, that's not really what I'd love to see. I think there are ways to continue your story without having them be a direct games as a service um, and still making it an exciting way to play with your friends. Uh, I would like to say, let's not forget about co-op stories. I think there are some games that are made excellently for co-op. And I think you could maybe look at how you expand your co-op offerings beyond just like two or three players or four players. Like what what could you do with that? And I think that would be a really fun way to engage new ways with uh, really interesting campaigns. I was just about to mention the co-op part because it's um, it's like you. We're seeing that kind of disappear where they're kind of blending the co-op into the campaign as the service as opposed to co-op having its own like format and mission structure and things like that. That's a good thing. Yeah, seriously. Why don't they do that? I definitely hear both of your concerns, but all the, all the concerns are originating from concerns about games as a service. And I, honest, I don't think that's happening for this game at all. I, I don't think they're going to go down that route. They haven't done that in the past. And like I... Why? Why would they do that? Besides money, I, I just I <laughs> you just answer your own. Well, <laughs> there it is, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, they're not just like, oh, we're gonna make a game of a service game. They know what they do. They know what they do well. The Arkham series sold like gangbusters numbers that did tremendous for them. The Injustice series, not a game as a service, tremendous numbers for. I mean, I uh, you know, their friends at Nether Realm. I, I don't think this is going to happen. So these like, concerns dynamics i would not expect them to do that either like i wouldn't expect bioware to do that either so it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities for that to happen given how popular suicide suicide squad is as like a brand as well Um, is it possible is it possible absolutely it's possible of course any game could do a game of service is it going to happen i I strongly think no chance there's no chance this is a game as a service that that is true but i guess it's more of like a you know, for the sake of exploring the possibilities for it, it was more of a discussion on that point. We'll bookmark that time code uh, for, and we'll come back <laughs> yeah. and check on Destin. I hope you're right, Destin. Again, I'm, I, it's funny that we seem to all pretty much be in agreement on that, even though like Destin for sure is a big time game as a service player. We None of us want that for this, so we'll see what happens. Um, meanwhile, just as a final point here before we move on to the loot box and then the trivia quickly is... If I'm just going to mention this for the sake of mentioning it. I think this is pretty much a non-story, but uh, if you're looking for a 
total nothing burger of a statement about the rumored sale of Rocksteady and the Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Group, the, the collection of studios. Well, Warner Media CEO Jason Kyler has got you covered. If you're if uh, if you're hungry for a nothing burger statement, he said, "quote Warner Brothers Interactive remains part of the studios and networks group, meaning within Warner Brothers." Uh, and then speaking to Deadline.com, Kyler also stated that, "quote We have a very strong interactive team of about 2,000 software developers that tell interactive stories. The opportunity to go global with that is very very big as well." So this was. This was in a in a communication in response to the rumored sale. He just said, "I don't know how many words that was. Fifty words." He said nothing. That said, that did nothing to address or even downplay the idea that that those studios are on the block. So um, we'll see. I mean, again, we know Microsoft is as rumored to have sniffed around along with some other third party publishers. And uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, not not a particularly strong denial on Warner Media CEO Jason Kyler's part, if you ask me. It's like All that right. classic PR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you, you, when you do this long enough, as I have, you can you really start to decode what all that stuff re- means, and that meant nothing. Loot box time, uh, and we again we uh, the questions coming via Yappa now. Uh, I will try to tweet out the link and uh, and bubble it back up on IGN, but we would love your comments via Yappa. There's a there's a post for this, or maybe the easier thing is to just go find the unlocked episode post on IGN.com, and you can leave us a Yappa comment. It is where we're going to see and hear from you. Trey Dukes has our question for this week. Trey. Hey, so what's going on, IGN? I just had a question about one of the features on the new Series X. Uh, there's a feature on the Xbox One called One Guy, where I run all of my devices through it, my PlayStation, my Switch, my Chromecast, anything that I need. All I have to do is just turn on my Xbox. I don't have to switch HDMI's, use a remote or none of that. I just click an app on the Xbox and boom, everything's there. So very convenient, very underappreciated. But I haven't heard them talk about that on the Series X. So I'm wondering if it's still there or not. Any idea? This is an excellent question, Trey. I had to dig into this. Uh, so as, as we all well know, the TV functionality of the Xbox One has been just minimized and downplayed kind of and more or less ignored, particularly in recent years. So the official statement that I was able to find on Reddit from a while back from Microsoft is this, quote, one guide, including the guide TV controls and TV streaming, were removed from the Windows versions of the Xbox app to use One Guide on Windows. Get the Xbox One Smart Glass app in the Windows Store. One Guide is still part of the Xbox app on the iOS and the Android, but uh, that's of course not even talking about it on Xbox. Uh, the bad news: it does seem like it's not a thing anymore, uh, and is we probably shouldn't expect it in the Series X. Um, I don't know, NGS. Did you dip into the, the any of the TV, any of that kind of multimedia functionality as you as you uh, took the twenty one day Xbox One challenge? Uh, no, I actually didn't. I just stuck to primarily just gaming and then yeah. messing around with some of the other things that I could do on the PlayStation. But that's one of the things that, like in passing, I thought was kind of cool about the Xbox. Like when when the one dropped, how you know you can put like the HDMI cord into that and you can have it like be the brain of your whole setup. And then nice. there was um. This, no pun intended. I didn't plan that, but wasn't there like that snap feature that you had where you can do like 
What was yeah. that? I think like a picture-in-picture thing, and then they uh, yeah, prefer- it would yeah, it would slide the right like the right rail over, and you could have something else going on there. Yeah, like I always thought that like that idea was really cool, but if that's not at the forefront of what Microsoft wants to do, I guess it is what it is. But you know, never say never as far as these features go. I mean, it just seems to me like they're just trying to build a box that appeals to like the most amount of people possible. So maybe down the road they might just randomly come up say hey here's this new app tv integration something 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 you know well thank you trey for that question via yappa on ign.com yeah hopefully sorry to deliver more or less bad news the good news we don't know for sure it could just be in there maybe it's just gonna show up as a thing that i mean as opposed to 2013 when microsoft made way too big of a deal out of it maybe it'll still be in there with the series x because uh on its on its new ui but they'll just It'll just be a quiet little thing that for that if people want to go do it, they're able to do it. So we'll keep an eye on that, though, whenever who knows? I mean, who knows when we're going to we know it's November. And I know with the Destin, you may remember better than I will. The with the Xbox one, we got them like two weeks in advance, something like that. Is that what about? Oh, yeah, we did. We did a ton of like pre-launch coverage for the Xbox one. I remember Uh, we had them. We had them a few weeks out. I remember that was a pretty busy week. Uh, but but the one guide uh, that uses mostly IR signals, as far yes. as I know, um, I don't see why it wouldn't be available as long as the app's available. It seems right. like it'd be very easy to translate. Maybe they rebrand the name, but I would imagine it's still there for the Series X. Personally, yeah, I something hope so. for something for the X or the August event when they go into detail about the systems and price and all that stuff. Probably. Good call. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do trivia real quick. We've just got a few minutes. I'm going to make this one fast. Uh, Carl McClay's gamertag is Makazilla, M-A-K-K-A-Z-I-L-L-A, all one word. If you want to make a new friend on Xbox, that's a fellow Unlocked listener. Which of these titles is the correct name for a canceled Gears of War game on 360 rumored to be Connect controlled that that Cliff Blazinski himself uh, officially acknowledge the cancellation of back in 2012 so this was a a never a never finished gears of war project so miranda i'm going to go to you last because you're our gears of war expert i'm going to go to ngs first so was it gears of war connect was that the name of it or was it gears of war exile gears of war emergence or gears of war centaur ngs i don't know if i know you don't you're you're i guess 2012 you were still on your 360 so testing your memory here I mean, I, I remember him talking about that. I think I was reading a Game Informer on my way home from uh, my uh, my first semester of college. But this, I don't. Well, can you say them one more time? I know there was sure. Exile, Connect, yeah. and Centaur. I think was one and of them. And Emergence, yeah, and were emergence. The, the choices. Oof. Any of them could be. I mean, you had you had like. Uh, you had games with the, with the word connect in them in the titles. Yeah, so yeah so exactly. All on the so table. Here. Remember, so this literally, is for your yeah. persona collection, so it's very <laughs> oh, serious. No, no don't, 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 put that, don't put that into the universe. Now the pressure is on. Uh, let me let me get some Eminem in the background. No, it's copyright. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'll, I'll uh, let you know that I am like the worst at trivia, so you can probably do better than me. Palms are sweaty. Uh, let's see. Goring up here. I know, right? Literally, I... I I'm tempted to say exile. I know connect is just out of left field because it couldn't be, but could. I'm going to go centaur. Let's go. Let's let's go centaur. All right, Destin. How about you? I'm going to say B. Gears of War Exile. Okay. 
No, no, just confident. You said, "All right, we're going to go to go over to Miranda oh. now, our Gears of War no. expert, <laughs> testing your Gears memory." Miranda, be, be nice to me. <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. Who, who is Marcus Phoenix? No, <laughs> no. Oh, come oh, on. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, I will do my best. I was actually thinking the Exile, but I don't know this one for certain. All right, you're gonna stick. You're gonna go with Destin on Exile. Yeah. A wise move. Yes, you're both correct. Mm. It was Gears of War Exile. So I don't know memory. why, but like that was that, really familiar to me. Yeah, right? exactly. I was like, I've heard of that before, but I. It's like I know you, but I don't remember you. <laughs> I don't know where to pin it, you know. <laughs> Yay! Well, the the race is tightening here for the unlock block trivia trophy. We've got Brandon still in front at seven points, and then Miranda at six, Destin at five. So it is all right. It is anybody's ball Hanging game in there. Uh, so Thanks, good Kevin. stuff there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for playing. And if you have an Unlock Block trivia question, please send it in. You can email it to me at unlocked at IGN.com. Please include, of course, your question for multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email. All right, we've got to get out of here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you're interested at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, Destin, quickly, where can we find you, my friend? At Destin Legary on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Destin for uh, my live streams, and youtube.com slash the Destin channel for my YouTube stuff. Miranda. And of course, IGN.com. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Sneaking another one. There you go. General point. I keep, Keeping it easy here. Uh, Havoc Gross, and that's Havoc with the K. Literally everywhere. Just, if it's not there, then it's probably not me. I'm not there. Give me youtube.com slash Destin. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can go to youtube.com slash NeoGameSpark to see the uh, to subscribe to the channel of our guest. Neo, you want to take it away? Where can we find you, my friend? Yeah, so um, all of my handles are just going to be uh, NeoGameSpark. I primarily frequent Twitter. That's like my little hive where I just tweet good mornings and good nights and, and, and random things like that. Um, nice. that. That's basically where I uh, congregate, have fun. You know, on here, I just try to be... Me, that's the best thing that I feel like everyone should do, you know, and I just want to thank you guys so much for the opportunity to be here as someone who's grown up watching and reading and listening to IGN. This is still crazy to think about a whole hour later. And you guys have got a fantastic show. Like everything about it is phenomenal. And just keep doing what you're doing. Like we, we need more of this stuff in the world. That's what it's all about. Well, you're, we loved having you. Please come back again. We'll get you back on. You, you see, you might be the good luck charm for bringing all kinds of huge Xbox <laughs> stories with you. So, uh, if, if the you never know. Next time, yeah, next time you come on, if it's this, if it's if there are this many megatons to talk about, you're going to have to just come back all the time. But um, thank you so much for being here. And real quick, this was something I wanted to mention at the top when I know everybody would have been listening. I know some of you have probably pressed stop on your your player by now, but um, I'll mention this again next week. IGN Prime is back. That is our our sort of pre- premium service IGN, where uh, you brow- you can browse. It'll give you. It'll turn off all the ads on mobile and desktop. You'll get an IGN store discount because we have all kinds of awesome T-shirts in there, gaming shirts, pop culture shirts. Like I know we have cool Castlevania ones. I, I really love Netflix Castlevania. Uh, you can download videos in there and download game guides, Miranda, for offline access. Yes. Um, there's free indie games as part of IGN Prime and more to come. And right now, you can get a free month of IGN Prime using the code UNLOCKED. So it's that simple. So head on to IGN, look for IGN Prime. You can sign up, 
and use that promo code UNLOCKED to get a free month. So uh, for our friend Neo Game Spark, as well as Miranda and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked number 456, and we'll see you all again next week. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.